Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and everything that goes into making, building, selling, marketing, and pricing it. Uh, today, I am thrilled. I've got a really exciting guest, uh, Shadi Arifaj. And Shadi is an entrepreneur, has started his own business. He's been a veterinarian for uh, many years, 10, 12 years, is it? Shady? A little over 14 now. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's been a, and there are lots of vets. There are lots of 24 hour vets. There's lots of telemedicine in the veterinary and in the medical space, but Shaddy has figured out a business model that's very unique and highly valued. And so I want to have us go through that differentiation together and uh, what he is and how he thinks of his business. Shaddy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, sir. Appreciate your time, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't you start out uh, so people don't have to wait till the end and tell people how they can get a hold of you and, and your business. Sure. Well, the company name is Vet Triage. It's V as in Victor, E-T-T-R-I-A-G-E. So you just simply Google Vet Triage or go to vettriage.com. And we have the one and only of its kind, 24-7 veterinary telemedicine company. And so we provide what's called triage, where we try to ask, answer the question, how freaked out should you be when you have an emergency with your pet? That's, that's literally the question we're trying to answer. And uh, you'd be surprised how simple that question is, be it how widespread that question, that question reaches. So yeah. you can find me on, on the, my company page. I'm, of course, the uh, co-founder as well as the chief medical officer there. I have my own Instagram. I have a YouTube channel full of educational pet videos. And you can search my name out, Dr. Shadia Rafich, or Vet Triage for those social media links. So tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you here. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm a board-certified surgeon uh, myself. So I went through the entire internship and residencies and loved surgery for many, many years. I went from practicing in Long Island, in Long Island, New York, to moving to Las Vegas, working for, for about nine months at the specialty center there. Moved on from there to Silicon Valley, where I was chief of surgery. I ran my own surgical department. And then after about a year of, of Silicon Valley, I went to Los Angeles and became a, a, a chief of specialty. So I actually ran not just surgery department, but also internal medicine, oncology, basically ran the specialty side of the facility. After about a year and a half of that, and just before COVID hit, um, I ended up launching Vet Triage. Vet Triage was actually a company that we had been working on for a few years, actually. So really unrelated to COVID and the pandemic. And um, during my transitioning out of Los Angeles and the pandemic starting, I thought, you know what, let me just launch this company now. Let's just get things going. Now, I had worked on it prior with some friends and family sort of veterinarians just to kind of work out the details, the glitches and figure out what consumers like. But at that point, uh, early this year, we launched it and went, went full, full throttle. And so that's, that's where we stand now. So we've, we've, I've been all over the media, both social and news, and plenty of articles about vet triage because it is one of a kind, as you, as you said. 
we have a novel platform that we use as compared to other veterinary telemedicine platforms that have been out for a much longer period of time. Yeah, and I love that you said uh, our mission is to help you understand how freaked out you should be. I described it much more simply. It's uh, you're the buddy that is such a close friend that I can call you any time or day at night, but you happen to also be an expert at veterinary medicine. So every pet owner has had that midnight emergency and you go back and forth, you know it's gonna be outrageously expensive and you just don't know if it deserves to get you out of bed and get you out of your bunny slippers and into an emergency clinic uh, or not. And to have somebody there who can answer those questions, tell you, give you a quick read and having that friend, that counselor uh, available 24 seven, that's a huge value. It, it really is. The, 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 when you think about paying for a service like this, you can see it in the eyes of, of the pet owner. The second they start talking to somebody professional, like myself or one of my many veterinarians, you can see they sort of, they ease up. They think, okay, great, this is worth the money. I feel good about this. I'm getting advice. I'm not going to Dr. Google for medical advice, and I'm not going to some random social media platform and getting advice from who knows where, and I'm not risking potentially paying hundreds or even thousands of dollars at an emergency hospital for an unnecessary, for a potentially unnecessary visit. You can just feel them just sort of relax and they say, okay, good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in line with an expert and I can now just put my mind at ease. I'm going to do whatever he or she says. It, it's, been, it's an unbelievably valuable service, not just medically speaking, but emotionally for these pet owners. You know, I, uh, I imagine that, you know, I've had a couple pets and a couple get old and uh, need that in the middle of the night. And man, wouldn't that, that would have been so nice before COVID. And now with the uncertainty of, of all that it takes to get out and go into strangers. And um, my son has a, a dog and uh, that vet clinic uh, like makes you, they don't let the dogs and patients sit in the waiting room anymore. You have to, they have very tightly regulated appointments. So doing that in the middle of the night sounds horrendous and horrendously stressful. And so do, are you finding that this, this launch of this business happened at the right time rather than at a crate at a disadvantage time? With a lot of the interviews we do, we get that question a lot. And the problem is we don't really have another example of what another company would be like during normal times. We're the, we're the first of our kind. And I can go over kind of how I categorize the different veterinary telemedicine companies. But we don't have a baseline. And yeah. there was a time, if, if you remember, in the middle of the pandemic where things sort of opened up for a little bit. And what we noticed with the numbers in that short period of time where we kind of reopened and then reclosed again was that, our, our number, our average number of cases on a daily or weekly basis didn't change much, but the distribution in terms of where people, what time of the day people are calling in actually changed. And so that's really the only difference we saw in that short period of time, but we need a lot more data to figure out whether or not the pandemic was bad or good for us. It certainly is all the buzz now with telemedicine on the human side. And so I think from that standpoint, it is helping pet owners realize that or at least think about Googling veterinary telemedicine just to see if, if, if there even is a company that exists. Whereas prior to the pandemic, I doubt many people would have Googled that, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you don't have something to compare it against, but yeah. it sounds like uh, with 
what you do and the value, the differentiation, the customer outcome that you offer that's different uh, sounds like the it ha it's more appealing during COVID times. I've got a couple clients uh, that know that their uh, their offer is more appealing during COVID times. Um, and I suppose with, if you don't have as a scientist, you don't have a baseline to judge against. But I'll bet you um, you got lucky and launched at the right time. If you look at the different reasons why clients tell us why they're calling us, there's many, many different reasons, both personal and professional. But one of the new reasons that we probably hopefully won't see in the future will be, oh, I'm immunosuppressed. Oh, I'm an at risk. I'm an at risk uh, uh, person for, for contracting COVID. And that's probably a, a reason for utilizing a veterinary telemedicine service that is fairly unique to the current times, but probably hopefully won't be a reason for using us in the future. So yeah. I would say that's certainly unique. The rest of the reasons people use us, whether it's financial or geographic or whatever it be, um, those are fairly standard, yep. pretty predictable reasons why people would utilize a veterinary telemedicine service like vet triage. Yeah, so I wanna get into you know, what I care about and what my audience cares about, the differentiation. And you've got a great example of differentiation that is a combination of two things. Uh, there's a lot of veterinarians and veterinary services out there. How many are there? Do you know about how many vets there are in the United States? Oh boy, I, I don't, but to give, you, to give you some level of scale, there's roughly speaking about 30 veterinary colleges in the US alone, and they usually graduate about an average of 100 students per year. So 3,000 new vets a year. And that's just the U.S. Then there's there's international yeah. schools as well. So, so there are thousands or tens of thousands of veterinarians. So yeah. sticking out in that market, in that business, is a challenge. Uh, there is, and there are some of them differentiate by being a 24-hour vet, and um, so there's still hundreds of those, if not thousands. And so those aren't unique. And there's also telemedicine, which is kind of emerging, especially, you know, in my, my wife happens to be in human medicine and telemedicine actually uh, went from highly resisted to somewhat or even uh, highly expected in human medicine. But uh, as you and I have talked before, telemedicine doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. It means telemedicine means so many things. It almost means nothing. Um, and so you are combining the only veterinary expertise with veterinary telemedicine 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And that combination is highly unique. You're the, anybody can get a vet. Anybody can go to a 24 hours. Not anybody can go and do it remotely 24 hours. Yeah. And so Think about that. I urge everybody to think about differentiation and uniqueness, not like we're the only cure for this kind of cancer, but we're the only 24-hour non-drowsy, you know, we're the only non-drowsy cold medicine. There's lots of cold medicine, there's lots of non-drowsy, but there's, you know, there's only a small number of non-drowsy cold medicine that a pilot can take. And um, so uniqueness, uniqueness and differentiation can sometimes be a combination of two things. Absolutely. Well, you know, so, so I'll, I'll 
kind of go over the, the different categories as I see it in doing my research over the past several years regarding veterinary telemedicine. Your first category is probably the sort of lowest tier where a company, telemedicine company, sells a software, let's say, to a veterinary hospital so they can perform their own telemedicine. And that is, for many reasons that I can go over, uh, inherently not what veterinarians want to do. Telemedicine is kind of not the natural state of a doctor in general. You want to be in front of the patient. You want to feel the patient. So it's, 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 that's usually not an attractive option, but those companies exist. And that's the first tier. A company sells a software program or some sort of utility to allow the veterinarian to perform their own telemedicine. The second tier is the one that's fairly saturated. That's where you have a telemedicine company that does the telemedicine for your veterinary hospital for your clients, but they do it through non-video means. They're doing email, text messages, and phone calls. And that's by far the most common. It's, it's really common because they typically have either a really cheap uh, sort of fee with it or some kind of subscription-based service. But the downfall, of course, is you can't see the pet or pets. You also don't know who you're talking to on the other end because if you look at the language, they're not always veterinarians on the other end. And the language does not specifically say on their sites that they have veterinarians. Also, the 24-7 aspect is, is commonly not the case. A lot of them will work weekdays, kind of nine to five, and they're not doing nights and, and, and weekends or overnights. So that's the second tier. And then the third tier is what I consider the gold standard, which is where we live, which is two-way real-time video. And not only that, because there are a couple of companies that will utilize your own your own um, devices video, like your iPhone or, or Android, we actually have our own software, our own video software. So we have full control of the quality. We can update it as we see fit. We can fix glitches right away. We can continuously improve the product. So we have our own real-time video conferencing system that allows for telemedicine. And so even within our own category, I consider, of course, my company being the gold standard. And if in the, and in the future, which is our long-term battle, we hope to update what I feel are antiquated laws in the veterinary field, we would like, I want my company to be kind of the, the template for, from which future companies can then escalate from with veterinary telemedicine. Yeah, so uh, really interesting. So you've got a roadmap and a vision for the future for, but it is consistent with that understanding of your differentiation and your your uniqueness. Now, if the, the legal framework, the legal environment, the regulatory environment can be adapted or changed so that your value proposition, that 24 hour real time video with an actual DVM, mm -hmm. um, now you're, you're actually making product development changes in your regulatory environment, right? You're, you're increasing your value by changing the world around you, by changing the regulatory environment, which is really sophisticated product and uh, business management and strategic implementation that came from your understanding of your differentiation. And now how can you make that more and more important, more and more available to more and more patients? It's a, it's a huge point because a lot of these companies are not veterinary run. You know, they're run by a corporate entity or by a tech person. They're not veterinarian run. Whereas, whereas because I'm a veterinarian and I've, and I've practiced in all different portions of a veterinary hospital throughout my life, everything from a veterinary assistant to a receptionist to a technician to eventually a doctor I, and then a specialist, I understand how the, how the veterinary world works. And so I modeled the entire company and how, how we operate. Everything from the, the way the system interfaces with the client all the way to our protocols internally, 
based on what I know from veterinary medicine and how the culture is and what the clients want and what our veterinarians want professionally, all that is taken into account with vet triage, whereas other companies are run by some other entity and then they want to hire veterinary experts to, to perform the telemedicine. So it's, it's really customized to understand with the understanding of the culture of veterinary medicine, not just our professionals, but also obviously the pet owners. I know what they want. I know what they're looking for. Even, even from the sign-in process for the client all the way to a final email summary is designed with the client in mind, knowing what they, what they like, what appeals to them. Okay. So you just said something that I want to make sure I understand. And if I understand it right, I want to make sure the listeners got it because it sounds really important. And that is you wanted to mimic the processes and the protocols that the vet, that the veterinary industry uses, uh, the veterinary craft. One of the advantages there is that when a patient has uh, interfaced with you and gotten uh, some triage, mm -hmm. that that patient can then go to the DVM, to the 24 hour, if that's what's needed. And that patient is up to speed and is talking the correct language. So the transition is really smooth where if it was your, your, you know, your friend who didn't talk to you in the right language. Now that, that veterinary, the 24 hour vet has got to start over closer to start over. Is, is that right? Did I get it right? Yeah. So, so we, we're trying to change the mentality in, in this, in the vet space. Um, how veterinarians perceive telemedicine because they don't know about it either, right? Even though they've been in the field. And so we want to make sure that we're not seen as an enemy to other practices. We want to be able to, to be seen as an ancillary service. And, and one of the means of doing that is, like you said, seamless communication between all parties involved. So it's not just me and my client and the pet. It's also, it's me, the client, the pet, the, refer, the family veterinarian they're going to see next week, the emergency hospital they're going to see tonight. I want to make sure that the entire community is, is communicating easily. So I've even gotten feedback from clients and from doctors saying, wow, when this client showed up, they were prepped and ready. They already knew what we were going to do, even though they had never met that doctor before because yeah. we prepped them. Or I'll make sure that in their summaries, they've got specific language. If I'm gonna use big words, medical words, but those words are really important as to what I'm thinking, and I want the client to convey those words to the doctor without seeming pretentious, of course, yeah. then I wanna put those words in their summary so that they can say, look, the doctor that I met with thinks my dog or cat or bird or rabbit has X, Y, and Z, but they're gonna to defer to you, what do you think? And it just preps them so nice, the client understands, going in what they're, what they are to expect and the veterinarian's job becomes easier. Yeah. So that's absolutely um, correct. So because of that, are you starting to work with veterinarians to have them offer your service to, to be our, your advertising? That's a huge part of this. And a lot of that actually even ties into COVID, but also was a problem before COVID. Now with COVID, you're seeing the extremes where, where ICUs are turning patients away because they're at capacity. They're, they're outpatient emergency wait times went from maybe an hour or two to now almost eight hours of wait time. And so, and then of course you've got the whole curbside thing, which is just frustrating for everybody. What we're trying to do is, is let both emergency hospitals and family veterinarians know that vet triage could be your first line of defense to kind of sifting out those pets that have medical problems that are not considered true emergencies and can wait for their family veterinarian to open. 
versus those ones that cannot wait you need to be seen right now and i would love to if you can imagine us as being kind of a sift all these clients want to come through for veterinary care where the sift we kind of we kind of filter out the ones that can have home care or wait for their veterinarian to open, then the truly critical ones go through that filter and then actually need to be seen in person right away. It'll create not only a positive experience for the client knowing that they are getting the appropriate medical care in a timely fashion, but it also helps the culture of the veterinary professionals that are working literally overtime trying to keep up with these cases. And they can focus on the cases that really, I don't wanna say matter, but the ones that really need to be seen immediately because it's a matter of life and death. And that's what triage is. That's what triage was invented, right? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Is is to utilize that scarce uh, clinic resource as wisely for the benefit of the most number of patients as efficiently as possible. And when there is a, a virtual triage person out in the parking lot for all those people waiting, and you can get you can divert some of those people away uh, from that clinic resource, and right. uh, it, it actually does. It, it's actually more revenue for that 24-hour vet because that that 24-hour vet doesn't. It it sound it feels really expensive when you bring your pet in in the middle of the night and they say go home. That feels expensive, but that veterinarian is actually making more money from a pet that comes in and takes that same appointment slot that's really sick. Several very important points to extrapolate from that. First of all, for any veterinarians or practice managers or business owners that are listening to this, I want I want to think of want you to think of vet triage as basically a glorified answering service. So it's not it's not just somebody picking up a phone and saying, okay, emergency or not. You actually have a veterinarian doing the answering service for your hospital. And that and that's that's how you should think of vet triage as. Another point that you brought up that's very important is the, the, the revenue. So general practitioners, family veterinarians, of course, want to keep their cases. Obviously, they want to maintain a long-term relationship with their clients, maintain loyalty, but also they need to feed the practice. What, what, our, what our services realize is that about 80% of emergencies that we get on vet triage can wait for their family veterinarian to reopen. Those are cases that family veterinarian would have lost to an emergency hospital, and the client would have probably overpaid, not because the veterinary staff skill sets are not worth it, because that pet's emergency could have just waited for the next day for their family vet, who are typically cheaper. You have a relationship with that veterinarian. So it drives revenue back to the family veterinarian. At the same time, those that are truly critical tend to also be the more expensive cases. And therefore the emergency hospital can now focus all their energy and skill set and time and diagnostics to those cases that not only require their care, but also tend to be a lot more financially rewarding. For that for that hospital, the the third point I want to bring up is the the men, the millennial generation now they are the workforce, and so the, the veterinarians who are also in that generation have a different idea of what a work life balance is. So there are plenty of veterinarians that can't seem to hire veterinarians, the the the, the younger graduates because those veterinarians don't want to be on call. They don't want to be your answering service. They want to do their job, leave leave work on time, and go enjoy their life. That's that's the that's the way they would like it. So if you if you have that triage performing, you're on call, the answering service, and you don't require your veterinarians to be on call, you're much more likely to hire those new graduates that that we're seeing a trend. 
they're not looking for jobs anymore. They graduate and they don't want to do it because the quality of life is, is tough on them. Wow. And so, yeah, so we're going to see, we're already seeing a, vet, a relative veterinary deficiency. It's approaching 1500 and it's going to keep growing because the new graduates, despite having school debt, they don't want to work the long hours and be on call. And so vet triage can take that burden off of your new graduates, your new hires, and it'll help a practice owner hire veterinarians that are newly, that are graduating now. So it's a, it's, it's actually in addition to being convenient, you know, all the convenience, it's a recruiting play for a small veterinary plaque practice. You can get new vets that other practices can't because you've, you've met a personal need. It's huge. It's huge. And having, having been a part owner of a hospital myself and knowing many veterinarians across the country who own hospitals, the, the struggle is real for trying to hire veterinarians this day and age. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, and and you've, you've actually lived this. So I actually had a really similar conversation. So it's great, sell, it's great selling uh, and great marketing to understand that and to have that conversation with a small vet. It's elite selling to have that conversation with a small vet and ask them the dollar question, dollarize that question saying, how hard has it been for you? How many cases have you had to give up? What is the financial impact of your not being able to hire those younger, fresh out vets? And once they see that, and then they see that, you know, vet triage costs them virtually nothing. Um, it's, it's free for the, for the, for the veterinary free for hospital. The vet, yeah. yeah, for the veterinary hospital to add us to their after hours voicemail, put us on their website, put us on their social media, train the receptionist just how to refer clients to us. That's free. It, the, the, this, the, the consumer pays vet triage directly for this service. That way the veterinarian yeah. who's not affiliated with vet triage, but is, is uh, advising that folks seek them during times of, of unknown emergencies, they're out of the loop with that whole financial yeah. connection. So it's all what? on us and between us and the consumer. All right, so uh, I, I'm the value guy. Right now it's free to vet offices. Do you have, do you, how do you make your revenue? Is it per call? Per call. Is there a, is there a subscription? It's, it's per call. We realized through our research that even despite the fact there's many veterinary telemedicine companies out there that do subscription based model, we found through our research that pet owners don't really want that. They pet don't owners, want to like yeah. a, yeah, they pet want owners to on an as needed basis. Yeah. So pet owners want to do per call, but would a veterinary office want to pay you a subscription for all of their patients? The, only, the way that would work, because the, the, the number of uh, calls on a daily or even nightly basis are wild, varies widely, is they would end up really just renting our software and utilizing paying subscription monthly fee to use the software to perform their own telemedicine. Okay. To do it the other way around is so, so the number is going to fluctuate so widely just based on, 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 our, on our experience with this that it does not seem to be it wouldn't be worthwhile for either party okay. to do it that way. It's just the numbers, it's unpredictable. Okay, I have to ask at least one stupid question per conversation. I finally got it in right here <laughs> at the end. Um, so, uh, Shadi, thank you so much. Is there anything that you wanna get out uh, that, you, that we didn't cover? Um, rescue organizations that are listening. Vet triage is huge. A lot of rescues, when they have a foster that's, that's taking care of a pet or they have an animal emergency in their, in their shelter, 
they have to refer to an emergency hospital that's in the area. And those costs will always be higher than seeking a family veterinarian. So for those emergencies where you can go to vet triage instead to find out, do you have to go to an emergency clinic or can you wait for the shelter veterinarian who's back in tomorrow to take care of this case, that's massive. We have worked with, for example, Heart Alive Village in Las, Las Vegas, Nevada. We have saved them thousands of dollars because they will utilize us and get triaged, screened, to see whether or not they need to go to ER. Thousands of dollars have been saved for them. And, and when it comes down to shelters and rescue organizations, the bottom line is money. They yeah. can only help so many pets depending on what their budget allows. So for any rescues that are, that are listening in on this, reach out to me and we, we, can, we can create a, we create a special system for you to fit your business model to help. That is fantastic. Um, thank you so much for your time, Shadi. Uh, one more time, tell people how to get a hold of you, please. I appreciate, I appreciate your time as well, Mark. Um, so Dr. Shadi Arefej, D-R period, S-H-A-D-I period, I-R-E-I-F-E-J. That's my Instagram. You can also uh, YouTube my name as well. There's a YouTube channel with lots of educational videos. I think probably like five to 600 videos so far. And the other aspect to the social media is Bet Triage, B-E-T-T-R-I-A-G-E. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, go to vettriage.com for your 24 seven veterinary telemedicine needs. And I appreciate your time and attention. Uh, Dr. Arifej, thank you so much for, for your time and uh, what a great conversation. And thanks everybody for joining us on this episode of the Value Clarity Podcast, where value only exists in your customer's mind, which means your ability to grow your business is all in your customer's head. Thanks and go have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blue. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.